Yo, can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay, my headphones are in. Yeah, it's because you put in your headphones. Okay, can everyone hear each other now? Yeah. You're pretty soft. Me? Yeah. Oh, no, now it's better. Okay. Um, okay, the problem... Okay, so what happens is, is when someone puts in their headphones, it fucks up everyone's audio. Yeah, Ryan, don't that. do it. So just, yeah, if, you have, if everyone has... Yeah, if everyone has their headphones in right away, we're good. I don't have yeah, them, so I'm good. Okay, we can hear you perfectly, though, Mitch. You, look, you sound really beautiful. Good. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch, where are you right now? I'm in Israel, fam. Okay, because I, e- I have, like, your segment. You're in Eastern Europe. So that's what I thought you were. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well. Was... I'm your Israeli course. Okay, you're, you're, Isra- you're in an Israeli prison, then. Okay, that's fine. Doug, I'm going to Gaza. Don't, don't, don't let it fall asleep. I'll be busy. Ryan, what the fuck are you doing? I'm I'm ready. Who the fuck are you talking to? (laughs) Who was that? (laughs) Just don't let it fall asleep. You have a girl sucking you off right now while we're doing the show. (laughs) (laughs) Just don't let. (laughs) Just don't let it fall asleep, baby. Don't let it fall asleep. All right, all right. Brian, you just talked yourself. Cool. Yeah, okay. okay. Uh, so same thing as before. I do an intro. I'm gonna introduce Ryan. Introduce Mitch. Uh, we're talking yeah. about raps and leaves. Uh, after the raps are done, Mitch, we'll give you a good old sarnara. Yeah. See you later. Hang up, and then Ryan will do leaves. Cool. Perfect. Yep. Great. All right, boys. We are going live in three. Ryan, what the fuck is that background noise? It's nothing. I don't know what you're hearing right Sounds now. Sounds like uh, I hear some like some sweat. Yeah, it's like you're like, what is that? <laughs> Something's going on there. It's, you're not like, telling us the truth. We can hear it. I don't know what you guys are hearing right now. Well, it's like uh, it's it's okay, stop all right, whatever, man. It sounds weird. Um, are you done eating? <laughs> I'm done eating. I'm literally chilling on my couch right now. All right. Well, okay. Well, we're gonna continue. Yeah, sure, this is right. weird. Um, okay. Here we go. Ready? We're going live in three. Two, one. Welcome to the Playground Show, the sports talk show where anything goes. My name is Troy Crema, and welcome to another thrilling episode. The summer is the point of year when the sun comes out, the tarps come off, and the girls look as beautiful as ever. The latest off-season moves made by the Raptors and Maple Leafs have us looking more forward to the winter than ever before. The Toronto sports market has me feeling like I'm back at a high school dance. There's always that one girl at the dance that everyone wants to dance with. You try your best to catch her eye in hopes of being that lucky guy she picks. Well, my friends, the Raptors and Leafs put on their dancing shoes and took home the two most beautiful girls at the dance. I am here alongside my usual partner in crime, the man with the quickest Tinder finger in the six, Mr. Ryan Reese. And Brian, how are you today? I'm good, thanks. I am great. I am great. It is a beautiful day outside. No complaints. And also, we are so thankful to have our own basketball insider calling in from some small Israeli prison, Mitch the Itch Golovsky, (laughs) who received word of the Kawhi Leonard trade last night from his prison guard, Igor. Mitch. (laughs) Mitch, welcome back. Happy you are alive and well. And how are things overseas? Quickly. Oh, conditions are rough out here in this Gaza prison, but also thanks for having me again. All right, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Okay, so in a shocking turn of events, Masai Ujiri uh, traded the face of the franchise, DeMar DeRozan, uh, traded Jakob Pertl as well, and a protective first-rounder for the Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green. Uh, we've never seen a more split reaction to a sports market um, in a very, very long time. Um but the crazy thing is Kawhi is a proven top five player in the NBA. And, but DeMar had such an impact on the city that people in the Sixers seem to be looking past that. Um, Mitch, I know you have a lot to talk about, about this topic and this trade. Um, just quickly, what were your first reactions to the move when you heard this? Um, okay, to tell you the truth, so we're going to get into it. But when I first saw it, uh, of course, I'm a little bit ahead of everyone else in terms of time. But I did not expect a move to be happening. I kept seeing each day as it progressed, the odds of us getting him increasing and increasing, I thought it was all bullshit, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, you know, how often are we, as a small market, I guess, quote-unquote, team, going to pull a free agent like that, right? Pretty much never. Never. Um, so I didn't really think anything of it. Um, and then it, then it hit me on the phone 
got that notification and I pretty much as everyone did they kind of didn't know what to make of it really drop your jaw and just kind of take it in and see where see what people's reactions are so I mean I was surprised at, of course at first but as I was telling Ryan and we're going to get into it but the more you think about it um, I really really like the move and I'm sure we'll get into that I love it I love it yeah no I personally I don't know about Ryan things I know Ryan and I are pretty split on this but I think it was an awesome move I think when you can go out there and grab the best player available you won the offseason you won that free agency um, for sure. For Ryan, sure. what are your uh, quick thoughts on the trade uh, when you saw it uh, yesterday? Well, uh, there was definitely some mixed emotions when you first hear the trade, you know, knowing that the face of your franchise for the almost the past decade is, is being dealt away. Some guy who uh, who really became a Torontonian in his time here and, and obviously loved it here enough to avoid going back home like some might have thought he did a couple of years ago. But he stayed here. He showed he was loyal to the franchise and he, he helped give the best uh, tenure in Raptors franchise history uh, with five con- consecutive playoff uh, playoff uh, runs. And uh, unfortunately, none of them went uh, the way we'd really like them to, but he, he still gave the city a lot. Uh, and then, you know, you've given up a young promising player who a lot of Ra- Raptors fans have come to like over the past couple seasons. So, you know, trading away a couple of big pieces. The 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 draft pick is is since it's so highly protected, it doesn't really matter that much. But two big uh, names, obviously, Demar's probably arguably one of the best Raptors of all time, if not the best. So it, it, tough pill to swallow. But at the same time, uh, I've kind of warmed up to the idea. You know, as you said, if, if you can get the biggest name available, and obviously there's a lot of question marks surrounding Kawhi. But when he's a healthy player, he's ar- arguably top five in the league he's he's a superstar he's still young he's he's only 27 years old uh he, he'll definitely bring around the same offensive prowess than that demar brings but he also uh demar has been considered especially come playoff time a liability on the defensive end so you're getting a big upgrade on the defensive end of the court so you know it's it's definitely it, from uh winning or losing perspective i think toronto is the winner of the trade and then a lot of people are, are saying, you know, Danny Green could be a big steal. He's he's uh, he's been shown in the past to be a, a strong three-point shooter, and obviously his numbers weren't great last year, but in the past he's been a big performer, and, and come playoff time he's he's a veteran guy you can rely on to, you know, put on the court in big clutch situations. So I, I, I definitely think the return is great. Um, only time will tell whether or not it, it's going to work out. There's obviously a lot of question marks and a lot of risk involved with the trade, but um, definitely it went from mixed emotions to me to, to some level of satisfaction. I, I think there's a lot to be excited about, but, uh, as I said, only time will tell. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I think there's always going to be mixed reactions when it comes to a trade, especially when you're trading away, uh, such, a uh, city figure and DeMar DeRozan. He's been the face of the franchise for so many years, uh, been with the Raptors when they were not a playoff team with the Barnyarni days, um, and into the new age of the Raptors um and I think I think you have to you have to just kind of look at the performance of the team I mean when you look at it like great we had a record season last year great we, we had a coach of the year last year great but in the scheme of things no one really gives a shit about the regular season um especially in basketball more than any other sport I would say I think it's all about where you are how far you go in the playoffs and getting over that hump and unfortunately you know what, when things aren't working and you're going to be judged as a franchise like the Raptors are, as a team that gets very close but never gets over the hump, I think you have to make changes to be able to uh, somehow light a spark um, and potentially make it make it to the NBA Finals as that's the goal since LeBron has left. Um, Mitch, quickly, um, a lot of NBA analysts are saying that this is the ultimate boom or bust uh, situation. So go for it with Kawhi who has to play well since he is in his contract year. And then if he doesn't get, right, so, and then if he doesn't yeah, get re-signed, yeah. you, you got Lowry, Ibaka, uh, Lowry and Ibaka with Kawhi, who are off your books, and still have a young core intact. Um, is this the boomer bust year? And do you think there's any chance of Kawhi potentially re-signing with the Raptors after next year? All right, so I'm going to go on a bigger end here. I know Ryan's ready for it. I've been spewing knowledge to him all night uh, for Beautiful. my night last night. Um, okay, so here we go. So we're going to start off. Ryan hit the nail on the head with the, the whole loyalty thing. It's bullshit. There's no such thing as that. We all know it. 
you'd like to think there is. Uh, it's a business at the end of the day. They all know that. All the players do. But, I mean, they make a life in the city they're drafted to or play a long time. And so it's understandable they're pissed. However, forget about that. I just want to highlight, and I'm sure not a lot of uh, diehard Raptors – I mean, I guess the diehards know this, but a lot of casual Raptor fans don't really know. But in 2015, before DeMar signed that big five-year deal, he had the option of signing a one-year deal and then a Supermax mm-hmm. right the next summer. And he didn't do that because he wanted to attract free agents and you know have the cap space to pay them which is an amazing move for him. And that's a very selfless move. And I think people didn't understand that when it happened. It kind of just saw five years, one, what, 145 yep. or whatever it was, and they kind of just moved on. And so, you know, you got to appreciate what he's done. And I really do forget about the loyalty thing. I feel bad that he did that and didn't take the money. He would have been paid a lot more than what he signed. So I, I feel bad in that respect. However, like you said, it's a boomer bust. And you, you hit the nail on the head again by saying, uh, Lowry and Ibaka are off the books next season, which is huge. So forget about this trade. If we kept DeRozan, he's got three years left on the deal, and he's getting paid a lot of money. One, okay? one was a player you option. You also said – One was a player option. Which one? The last, the last year was a – yeah, player option. Right, and and pr- he probably would have taken that. Yeah. Ideally, if we – you know. Anyway, so um, if Lowry and Ibaka and DeRozan um, are, are all on the same team together – and those two, nothing probably would have happened in the playoffs. I mean, it's the exact same story, like you guys said. Um, it really hasn't proven itself. And just like the, the Dwayne Casey thing, he doesn't make adjustments in the playoffs. It was a good move. But that's another story. So if that happened, um, those two are off the books. DeMar's got three years left or two plus one. You would have had, um, a, a, you've been in a tough spot. Do you keep you know, do you, I, you wouldn't, you wouldn't re-sign Lowry and Ibaka shit in his side. I don't think you re-sign him. Um, but DeMar, I mean, yeah, you'd probably re-sign him on maybe a lesser, lesser deal. And so you'd be stuck with the exact same core and it's just kind of trying the exact same thing over and over again, just hoping the outcome is yep. different, which it wouldn't be. So he was really in a tough spot, Masai, and he did what I think any good GM would do is take a risk. You have one year really mm-hmm. to go for it because of those expiring contracts. Lowry is really debatably our franchise player to some yep. extent. And so yep. it's kind of just go for it. And he's taking a one-year rental. I hate using that term because it's like the Paul George thing. I know people don't want to liken it to that, but it really is. Everyone said he's going to LA the next year and it doesn't matter. It's just, you got to see what happens the next season. All these reports saying he's warming up to playing in Toronto. It's fuck all that. I think that's yep. all ridiculous. That's just media coming up with stories, right? He knows that he can dominate the East if he's back to being healthy. And he knows that. And so why wouldn't he want to compete in a very easy conference? You know, there's no reason he shouldn't. So um, I think it will work out. And I honestly think that he's going to have maybe the best season of his, his career. He's playing with guys, you know, that are really, really young and get up the floor quick. And I hate to see Jakob Pertl go. I love that guy. But this is Pascal Siakam's time to shine. And so same as Fred Van Fleet. Those guys are just going to feed off of uh, – of, of Kawhi double teams so I don't know that's just my initial reaction but yeah I agree I, I didn't know about the whole contract and um DeRozan as well um taking the option to I guess that's where the loyalty yeah. comes into play but I guess if you're still making well if it's a five-year contract 140 million dollars so I mean if you're still yeah. making 25 plus 25 he's plus still not hurting he's, okay, he's doing okay um but I do understand I do understand right, right. everyone wants that max deal because it makes them feel special um and keep in mind, before we go on, keep in mind that if Kawhi does walk, we're going to have room for, to sign a, a max, you know, a super max. So if maybe he stays and signs a big deal, he gets a super yeah, max. Yeah, I agree. Us. So, I mean, it really is not a bad option no. for him. But yeah, the, the situation is, if he decides to leave after this year, he's sacrificing a lot of money. He already sacrificed a lot by not signing with the Spurs. And now if he, if right. he, if he, if he leaves next year, the most he can get is four years around 140, 145. If he stays... He gets five years and 190. So right, so that's huge. Yeah, the the financial incentive of staying is there. Um, if he's got, but also you know, his reputation. Yeah, no, I agree. Think about that. You know, yeah. who says Magic Johnson's going to sign him to a huge deal? A guy who doesn't like where he's playing and just a poor teammate. You know, you yeah. don't know. want that. Yeah, I agree. Braun doesn't want that. That's for sure. But yeah, and, and and apparently, you know, if you look at it from this standpoint, so. 
as you mentioned, guys, Lowry and, and Ibaka are coming off the books and not this next offseason, the summer after that. And, and DeRozan could have technically left after that year as well. So uh, the, a way to look at it is, yeah, it would suck if Kawhi left and, and it turned out to just be a, a one-year rental. But in, in the big picture, the Raptors could just start – they could just start their, their full rebuild with uh, a year sooner pretty much. They could, Correct. Cha- they could change their course of direction a year sooner if Kawhi does leave. And so I guess from that standpoint, it was worth the risk for Masai. I think you gotta go. I, I think you gotta it. go for it. Like, I mean, the the window is closing or is almost closed. Like, you have the Celtics, who are an amazing team. Gordon Hayward is back next year. There is going to be better. Uh, you got Philly, who took huge strides this year that are probably going to take more strides next year. You got Milwaukee coming up with Giannis. I mean, your window is it is this year or it's over. To be honest, like I just no. don't see. Yeah. It. It's like you make it this year. You go on your run. You get that fan base pumped to get because they got into the finals finally. And you know what? Great. If Kawhi wants to sign back another year or another two or three years, great. If not, you know what? We made it to the finals, and that was our goal as a franchise. We've never done that before. I mean, that's literally it. That's it. No, yeah, I agree. It was it was worth the risk just because, yeah, as you said, that window is closing. And, like, yeah, it was great this regular season success we've had. But as you said, again, doesn't matter if you're not performing come playoff time. And uh, like the, the, the chances of us succeeding with Kawhi in the lineup, just they accelerate. Like if you look at the, the odds, the Raptors went up from 60 to one to 21 to one odds to win the championship. So like, that's the kind of player that you're getting. He's, he's got the superstar potential. So it was worth it. I just thought the Raptors after LeBron left, after the change of coaching, I thought they were going to give this core one more chance with a with yeah, a new with vi- vision leading the team, that's that's why I was most surprised when I not when I actually heard the trade when I when I heard the rumors were happening and that the Raptors were going to do it, I wasn't surprised that the trade actually happened. But when I initially heard the rumors that they're going after Kawhi and they they were the favorite to land them, that's when I was surprised. Just because I thought they were gonna they were gonna give this group one more chance to go with a new with a new head coach, new voice commanding the the uh the team so um i thought the one big change the the raptors were going to make this year was just a head coaching change but no nick nurse is a goddamn legend yeah it it makes sense to me it makes sense to me and and i've definitely warmed up to the idea i i I, honestly i if it if it wasn't demar going the other way i i i would have been totally cool with it from the get-go i just i I just i feel i feel for the guy he's done so much for our city and uh, you know raptors fans are going to miss that guy and a lot of his former teammates you, you got uh Damari Carroll and uh, uh, you yeah. got uh, Terrence really, Ross yeah, I mean, those, and you those got are Lou, also, Will- Lou those Williams. Those are two guys that have terrible reputations in Toronto, but yeah, keep going. <laughs> okay, right, I know. You got to keep that in mind. All, yeah. all, those guys, all those guys, you know, they're saying we should build a statue for them. Hey, I'd, I'd be for it. Like, <laughs> yeah, just, Dem- Demari Carroll should give us his money back from his contract. He was that bad. He should be paying <laughs> He robbed us. the goddamn Brooklyn Nets. And- <laughs> that guy was that guy yeah. is just a thief. Um, but, I mean, let's – Wait, I just want to yeah. pop in. Jump in, jump in. Ryan, so, so, yeah, yeah. So, Ryan, you were saying, like, if it was anyone else instead of DeMar going the other way, you would have been fine with that. But I'm, I'm going to disagree with you on that. If I think DeMar would be the only guy, maybe Lowry I would have taken, that I would have accepted to leave. And that sounds weird. But, like you said, the window's closed, and we've got to keep that young core together. If I saw – and Masai's a goddamn genius, if you really think about it. He somehow landed – you said top five. I would even say a top three player at the time when he was winning, Kawhi. Um, a top three player in Kawhi Leonard to the team giving up Pirtle. Okay, yeah, yeah, he's he's good. He's an excellent big. He's got great hands. He's young, but really on the face of it, he's nothing really special. Mm-hmm. Um, and DeMar DeRozan, who is, as you said, not proven in the playoffs and strictly a mid-range game. Uh, of course, I love him and I love his game, but he really didn't do anything for us. So the fact that we kept our young core in Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Fleet, OG, you know, that's huge. And so I was telling no. Ryan this, yeah. Kawhi Leonard is OG. Like, they're almost identical. Maybe not in terms of offensive uh, game yet for OG, but defensively, that's literally why they brought him here. So I think, forget about the on-game, off the court, he's going to teach him so much, even in that one year. Even if he doesn't even play, you know, it's pretty uh, pretty valuable experience. So, I love the move. And we also got to talk about Danny yep. Green. You touched on it a bit earlier. That's a huge part of the trade. 
I can't believe they even put him in a package, but I guess they're blowing up that team. I, I don't really know how it works now with DeMar. I don't know if he's the first option. But anyways, putting Danny Green in that package for us is huge. He's going to spread the floor. We've really, other than C.J. Miles, never had a really good nope. shooter. We've had, what, Steve Novak, piece <laughs> of shit. Um, no, but he, he's going to be huge for us. He can really drive the lane. Like, he can pretty much do anything a shooter can do, but, but almost better. And so playing off of Lowry and now Kawhi, who he's used to playing with, He's going to have a lot more room to shoot. And I think guys like Pascal Siakam um, are going to love thrashing and, and hitting the boards and getting offensive rebounds. They're just going to go up and get alley-oops all day. So I think it's a really good move. So, yeah. No, yeah, no I, I totally agree with it, what you said, and you're right. The, the key is I thought the kind of guys that the Spurs would want in return would be OG or Pascal, and the fact that we could get away with not giving either of those guys up was huge. And, like, giving up Jakob was – yeah, that kind of stings. But honestly, the trade package we gave up compared to what most people thought we would have to give up was 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 really good in the in a Raptors for, from a Raptors point of view. Yeah, I agree. I th- it wasn't it wasn't even close. Yeah, I I agree. <laughs> I think um, I was looking at some stat yesterday. I don't know where it was, but it was on Twitter or something like that. That Kyle Lowry, um, his wins above replacement, which is basically what you would use rather than if you had to put a sub in or like a a G league player, he is, I think he is top. He's in the top 10 with Kawhi uh, in wins above replacement over the last five years. Um, DeMar DeRozan is not even the top, not even close to the top 10. So it just goes to show you. And that's what basically uses kind of an MVP tracker, how valuable Kyle Lowry is uh, to this Raptors team. And he actually probably was, even though DeRozan is our face of our franchise, Lauer is probably our most impactful player um, and probably the MVP no. of the Raptors. So you maintain, you kept your best yeah. player from a t- statistical perspective, um, and you brought in a top five player in the NBA, surrounded him with um, Jonas Valanciunas, who took huge strides last year, Serge Ibaka, who, you know what, he can either come back to form or you got Pascal Siakam to take that role and be the starter. Um, and then you got Danny Green and CJ Miles. I mean, your start, your nope. starting five yep. is pretty awesome, or at least from a defensive standpoint, just got a heck of a lot better, a heck of a lot better. And so, I mean, there's nothing. Listen, I know like it's tough for it's a tough bill for any sports fans to, to swallow, but I mean, it's it's just the just the way the business goes. And um, but listen, at the end of the day, you brought in a top five NBA player, and when was the last time the Raptors did that? Never. So. Yeah, no, you're you're right about that. Yeah, Lowry definitely is probably, although Demar was the face of the franchise, Lowry is the more impactful player. He's the better shooter, he's a better playmaker, and he's also a much better defender than DeRozan. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And think about how many times um, Demar has been out. I think it was the season before last. There was a stretch of like 20 games or something. He was mm-hmm. injured. I think with the groin he fell. And how many times? Like I think our record in that time was way better than when he was playing with us. And so, not that that's pretty indicative of, of what will happen, but it definitely proves that guys like maybe Norman Powell will do something with his career. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's time. Or maybe guys like Fred Van Vliet will start at a two and maybe we'll play small ball. I don't know how this will work. If you put Kawhi at the three, maybe even the four, that's pretty scary with Danny Green three. Yeah, that actually could work. Three, four, Danny Green, Kawhi, and then maybe JV or Serge or Pascal even. Honestly, I could see that being our starting lineup, and that could be – Real scary against guys like uh, Embiid because those guys can't get up the floor, up the floor quickly, and Al Horford too. So, come playoff time, I think that we're gonna transition into small ball because Kawhi's so uh, quick defensively, and he can cover pretty much mm-hmm. one through five. Um, so, yeah, I think that's what's gonna happen. Um, and I think Lowry, yeah, he's gonna be pissed at the beginning, but he's gonna love playing with Kawhi. So I don't, I don't think he's ever really had. Well, no, he didn't in Memphis. Didn't really get to play in Houston. There was no Harden, so he never really had a good guy to play with with a high basketball IQ and a guy who fit in that San Antonio system. Low-key, though, that system is insane. I know we call it a system, but and no one really knows what that means. But Popovich, I don't know what he does to his guys. he got some IV <laughs> in them that infuses knowledge. But look at, like, a Corey Joseph. We had him for, yeah. what, a year or two? And that he was unbelievable. He, compared to what he came into the league as, he, they do something to their players, honestly, and they teach them just play basketball the right way and don't do anything more than you have to. And so Kawhi is a perfect example of that. He's going to come into our team knowing exactly what he's got to do, which in this case is going to be a lot, but, um, and Danny Green too. He's just going to – every time you have a drive, 
he's going to be in the perfect spot for an open three. You know it's coming. He, that's what he's been doing mm-hmm. his whole career. So these two guys are proven winners. We also got, what, $5 million in, in cash. So that's going to help with our uh, taxes or something like that. I don't know the details. Ryan probably does. <laughs> Ryan, you have anything on that? Um, but, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Well, they still are able to give um, one of those mid-level tax exception contracts out if they wanted to. Right. Are, do we have any two-way contracts going? Uh, well, they just signed Lorenzo Brown. Is that a one-way now? Yeah, it's a one-way. It's a one-way. Okay. Um, not that Anyways, I yeah. know of, because they, they waive McKinney. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know if we actually have any two-ways right now. And how many guys are still on rookie deals, you were telling me? Or Meta was telling me something like that? A few guys are still on rookie deals, which are huge. Oh, yeah. We got a, pretty much our whole you know? second unit from last year other than CJ, right? Yeah, right. So that's that's also huge. So I don't think our future is actually pretty dim, like people say. It's going to be a dark age for, what, three, four, five years until we get back. No, I don't think that's the case. I really think that we're going to have a strong season. And forget about the rental shit. Yeah, he may leave after one year, and I'm fine with that. That's not the purpose of this. The purpose of this is I really think it's as much of a contract dumper as a, a trial for a year. Like, it really is. It gets him off the books, and it starts, like you said, that – that uh, rebuild one year earlier. So I really think it's a good move at the end of the day. Yeah, I agree. If you can't I agree, I agree, I agree, 100% agree. Ryan, will you stop breathing into the microphone? That's not me, man. All right, well, it's one of you two. That may be this uh, Gaza wind, I don't know. Okay, no big deal. All good. Um, cool, 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 cool. Um, yeah, I mean, end of the day, I guess, closing thoughts on the wraps. Um, listen, you brought in a top five player. Yes, if race your franchise left, but you know what? Change is necessary um, and sacrifice is necessary um, in order to get results. Um, and I think, you know what? The Raps did a great job in protecting their future while also loading up for this next year um, and going for it. And you know what? It's yeah. a LeBron-less conference finally in the East. So you know what? This is, the, this is the year to do it. This is the year to go for it. And there's a reason Kawhi is 94 rated on 2K. There is a reason. Okay, so you got the NBA. So you got the e-gaming right. reference as well from Mitch the Itch, which is great. There you go. One, one sec. Before Mitch goes, before Mitch yeah. goes. So obviously, I just want to talk about what this team ceiling is now going forward. So worst okay. case scenario, obviously, it doesn't work out. He doesn't escalate our, our playoff potential by any means, you know, by, by either him, you know, not recovering fully from this injury or just not having an eagerness to actually be here and just stuff goes wrong and the Raptors don't turn out any better. What, Mitch, in your opinion, is, is the team ceiling now with Kawhi? How, how far can this team go? What, what are realistic but also optimistic expectations for the Raptors in, in 2018-19? Okay, that's a tough question. Um, yeah, you said it. If, if, it's a lot of ifs. If he's healthy, if he likes what he's doing, if he likes his teammates, if he meshes well. Remember, a year is not that much time. It's like eight months or not even to, to click with your teammates. But provided all that goes well in a perfect world, um, honestly, I would encourage him to miss as much of the regular season as possible, as weird as that sounds. Play with your teammates in practice. Get to know them. Maybe play, I don't know, 20, 30 games max. And uh, I, I, I really think that we can get, even if we get like a six, maybe five to eight seed, I'm fine with that. We learned through LeBron that it doesn't matter what seed you are. All that matters is what you can do come playoff time. And so my realistic expectations are very different than my optimistic ones. Optimistically, I mean, yeah, we can make it to the finals. Um, Realistically, I think first round, second round, depending on matchups, could go well. Yeah, I think it would. Um, Seeing Philly and and Boston, forget about the Bucs. I don't think they're there yet. Um, Philly and Boston, really Philly would – would be much scarier for me. I would hope we don't draw them in the second round like we did the Cavs. But if we get them to the third round, I don't think we can beat Philly in a seven-game series. I really don't. The big issue for me is the five. So JV or Ibaka or Pascal, you pretty much cannot stop Embiid. And Simmons is a 6'10 point guard, which is absurd. And so Kawhi maybe could shut down Simmons. Probably not anyways. And then you're left with that monster in Embiid. So my realistic expectations are probably third round, if that. I don't think we're going to be as good as people think we will be. But like Troy said, it's a top five player, top three player. Like, go for it. Why not? This is the time to test it. 
So yeah, I don't think it's going to be. And I guess good. that's and think, I guess Ryan? that's why you bring in a player like Kawhi, right? Because he can guard anyone from the one through five. So if you need right. to put him on Simmons, he can play Sims. He needs to pick up and be down low or help out with support. He can do that as well. I th- right. I think his matchup with the Celtics would be much better. I think we would do well against them. Uh, Kyrie is Kyrie, but if you can take Jason Tatum out of the game, um, I think we would be pretty much good in that series. But yeah, what do you think, Ryan? See, I, I think the opposite. I think we'd have a better chance of beating a, a 76ers team rather than Boston. I think Boston's defense, what they showed last year without their two top players, the fact that they took the Cavs to seven games and, you know, could have been an Eastern Conference representative in the finals, I think that speaks volumes. Like, the, that Brad Stevens, he's, he's shown I, – I honestly thought he should have got coach of the year because uh, that team battled a lot more adversity than the Raptors did, you know, from a health standpoint. And, and they had constant success. They, they battled adversity better than any team I think I'd ever seen before. All their young players stepped up and made immediate impacts like Jason Tatum, rookie of the year candidate, arguably could have won it. He was incredible come playoff time. Jalen Brown's going to be a star, I think. They, they bring back Marcus Smart, who's going to be healthy. And that guy's you know, he's a bulldog. The guy, he's a heck of a defender, playmaker. You know, they, they got a bunch of team players, even, even a guy like Baines. Like, they're just such, they have so many role players who understand their role. And then getting your two you know, you know, superstar caliber players back, maybe not superstar, but elite. These guys are like Kyrie and Gordon Hayward. If they're healthy, they're, they're elite players. I, I think that's the team to be most scared of. And, and they're a heck of a team on their home court too. So I'd be a lot more uh, scared of a, of a matchup with the Celtics. I think they're the most complete team in the Eastern conference with, with an incredible coach and players who buy into the system. Whereas the 76ers have a, a, a little more question marks. I, I, you know, Embiid's dominant, but his health's always been a concern. Can he ever stay healthy for a full season? I don't know. Um, yeah, Simmons, you know, obviously rookie of the year, but um, beyond that, I just don't think they have the same organizational depth uh, and complete lineup that that can be put on the floor from the, this, uh, the Celtics perspective. I think if Fultz gets his j- jump shot back and can be, you know, worthy of the number one pick, then it's a different story maybe, and Philadelphia might have the higher overall potential. But if if a guy like that turns out to be a bust, then I don't think the 76ers put in the same scare into the Raptors. Yep. Yeah. So conference semifinals? <laughs> I, 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 think, I think the Raptors are either going to go to the Eastern Conference Finals or if they can get past the Celtics, they can, they can make it to the finals. Right, depending on the draw, I guess, yeah. Depending on the draw. At the end of the day, you got to beat the best to be the best, so... You know what? Whoever they draw, it's the way she's got to go. So I'm going to be bold. I'm going to say they make it to the finals, and then they obviously run into the Warriors. And we all know how that ends. <laughs> so, you know what? Do your best. Make it to the finals, and let's see what happens. You know, anything can happen. Actually, I don't know. I guess not anything can I guess anything can happen in basketball. I mean, people go everywhere every single day. Who knows what's going to happen? Maybe Kyrie will end up with the Lakers in a couple of days, um, which will be very, very fuck interesting. That. Yeah, fuck that. I and mean, we'll see. Any, anything can happen. <laughs> Um, but yeah, any closing thoughts, Mitch, while you're here? Uh, no, you probably, I think you hit them all. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll see what happens. I really just hope that Kawhi doesn't, you know, not want to play and starts with all that shit. Like, like the reports are saying, just come in with an open mind. I just don't want to hear him whining and, and sitting out. I just really hope that doesn't happen, which it may, but that would put a damper on all of this. Um, I just hope he you know, embraces the city and they, the, the people of the, the city do the same to him. And so I think they will. And so I'm excited to see the home opener with him in the, the red and white. Yeah. I think I'll finally sure. buy a Raptors jersey now, which is nice. Yeah. Oh, so yeah? we'll see what happens. But only if he puts Kawhi on the back of his shirt. I don't know if Leonard's on the back of there. <laughs> and it's a pretty epic first name. Um, but all right, Mitch. All right, buddy. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, make sure you get home safe. Uh, and just remember, you know, uh, good luck in your upcoming court case. Uh, and tell Igor oh, we will. say hello. Okay. See you, Mitch. Guys, yeah, cheers, buddy. Bye, buddy. Wow, all right. Yeah, pretty interesting stuff. We'll see what happens with the wraps. Um, but, you know, only time will tell. But, all right. Toronto is a hockey city. So we are moving on. So on to the buzz, the leafers, the blue and white. Our Toronto Maple Leafs made the biggest free agent acquisition in the NHL this decade. We were able to bring in a top-line center, Toronto native, who has dreamed of playing for the Maple Leafs his whole life, Mr. John Tavares. 
Ryan, I know all of Toronto had erupted in euphoria over this move, uh, unlike the Raptors trade where it's a little bit split. Uh, what are your initial thoughts on the acquisition of JT, and what does he bring to this young, talented Leafs team? Well, obviously, everyone, as you said, everyone's really excited. I, I, didn't, I didn't think this day would come, but uh, when I saw JVR and then Bozak uh, both sign out of town, I, I said, you know what, there's a lot of cap space that's gone now. Um, especially when I saw the Bozak deal go to St. Louis, I, I think it was almost almost a guarantee that he was coming here just because I know that Bozak was uh, a fallback option for the Leafs just in case we couldn't land the big fish. But um, obviously a lot of excitement. This is a guy who, you know, he's a point-per-game player for the most part. Um, he's got, you know, elite vision. He's, a, he's not just a pure goal scorer. He's got a great shot, but – He's a guy who's going to help man that first power play unit. Uh, he's a playmaker. He's a great passer. He's a good leader. He leads by example. Um, and he, I think if he buys into the system, uh, he's going to experience a great level of success here. And, um, you know, obviously the Vegas odds put in us at the, as the Stanley Cup favorites for, for a reason. Uh, Toronto now has the most organizational depth at, at the center position, which is, you know, obviously one of the most important positions um, in, in the entire NHL. Uh, so this, this deal, um, it's huge. Um, we, you know, this is really going to up the expectations. And I just hope that, um, you know, the only thing I think that can get in our way right now is ourselves. If, if we get the pressure to get to us, the, the, that's the only thing that can really stop this team from being a juggernaut, especially at the offensive end. Obviously there's, there's, you know, still some concern on the back end there. And, you know, why didn't we bring in another defenseman? Um, but, you know, I think the hope is that we can produce enough and Freddie's going to be solid uh, between the pipes and the D, you know, if uh, maybe we can get a guy from the Marlies who've had a lot of success, step up into a role. And, you know, we brought up Dermot last year and he turned out to be, you know, capable blue liner and, so if you get another guy like that this year and, uh, you know, Riley and, and Gardner and Hainsey all play to their potential. Zaitsev gets back to the, the way he played in his first season with the Leafs. And you got a complete team. Um, and this is definitely a team that I think can contend for a Stanley Cup. Uh, I think, you know, last year you look from a regular season standpoint, the, the Leafs set franchise records and in, in, in points. Um, and we had the identical record of uh, 49, 26, and 7th to the Washington Capitals. So, and those guys won the Stanley Cup. So, yeah, we, we, we definitely have the, the two, all the, the tools in place to be a Stanley Cup winning team right now, and it just comes down to can the guys perform at the level they're expected to. And uh, so only time will tell, but definitely a lot of excitement. I think uh, the, our top nine is going to be solid. And, you know, we, we even just picking up guys like Tyler Ennis uh, for pretty much nothing on a one-year prove a deal. Like there's going to be, I, what I love about this team is there's going to be so much competition come training camp. Like so many guys can move up and down this lineup. There's nothing set in stone. So if you want to play and you want to get the big minutes, you're going to have to, you're going to have to perform. Like there, there's going to be, no nonsense on this team. It's going to, you're going to really have to earn all the minutes. If you want to be on that first power play unit, you got to prove that you're worthy of it. Right. So I, I I just think there's so much talent up front that it's going to really raise the competition level of everyone on this team. And uh, I, I'm really, you know, counting on a lot of success. And I think, I think that they'll, they'll do it. I, you know, this team's gone on an upwards trend the past couple of years, exceeded expectations. And now, uh, they're really lofty, but I, I don't see why uh, I don't see any reason why we can't uh, fulfill them. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think um, a lot of ifs. Um, Vegas putting the Leafs at the top of the Stanley Cup rankings, I think, is a little bit of a little bit of a long shot. Um, yes, we did grab the best free agent, but I mean, dude, if you look at the Leafs defense, man, it's a it's. I look at it, I'm like, this is a glaring hole. It's it's a huge yeah. hole, actually. Like and you know what you had a, t- a young team, young aggressive team in Boston last year who absolutely manhandled them, manhandled them. And then when you yeah. have young forwards, I mean, great you brought in Tavares, but when you have young forwards, as the Leafs do, who hopefully take strides next year, come playoff time, they need to be able to live up to the potential and be able to like play play playoff hockey. 
Like that's still going to be the number one spot. I feel like we're having this conversation over again about like the Raptors. Like it's gonna be like, okay, great, they're gonna have a great regular season team. They're gonna score a lot of goals. Awesome, great. Freddie will play well. McElhenney will chime in. Great. Uh, but come playoffs, are they a playoff team? I look at their back end. Yeah. Riley isn't a. Riley hasn't proven that he's a playoff defenseman. Hainsey has proven that, but he's also bordering coming up on 38 years old next year. Gardner has been an absolute catastrophe in the playoffs. Zaitsev has been injured half the time he's been with the team. Dermot is a super young defenseman. We don't know what he's going to be. And Carrick is a, just basically a filler defenseman. That's your six. So, I mean, like that, that yeah. I just don't, I look at that decor and I go, oh my God, you're putting a ton of pressure on Freddie Anderson to play again at a level that is out of his mind in order for him to even have a chance. Um, like I, I agree. I think the top nine is great. I think Marlowe with Matthews and Elander, which is supposed to be projected first line, is great. I think Hyman, Tavares, and Marner, another great line. I mean, like you said, anyone can go up and down that lineup. Great. Um, third line with Kadri, Brown, and then they have Johan Johnson up there. I mean, good. That's awesome. Like anyone can fill into that left winger spot as well. I mean, it's great. Like anyone can play with anyone really up front. Up front is not the issue. The issue is the back end, and they did nothing to address the biggest issue. I'm 100% for I think you go out and try to grab the best player in free agency, but you did not address the biggest elephant in the room, which is your back end. And you're relying on a lot of ifs. I feel saying, like, I hear all these guys in Toronto saying, if, you know, yeah, maybe we'll get a Marley defenseman that comes up and plays well. Or maybe Dermot will take another huge step. Or Carrick will take another big step. Or Gardner will like transition to a better defensive defenseman. Like so many ifs you can't peg your team on ifs. You need a foundation. I mean, they have the foundation up front. They did a great job of that. You have the foundation in your goaltender and Freddie who's played amazing, but you have a glaring hole in the back end. And when you don't have good D it restricts the potential of your forwards. And so no, it's up for debate. I mean, they got it. I think I know like they they'll probably go into the season with the decor they have now, but they'll have, they'll realize very fast that this is not a playoff decor. And come trade deadline, come trade acquisition time, they have to make a move. They will have to make a move to strengthen that blue line. Yeah, I see your point, but again, a lot of the reason why we weren't a playoff team is we spent too much time in our our defensive zone. We give up some of the most shots in the NHL. Freddie Anderson gets tested night after night and you know you might have the off game because of some fatigue i think if you you now you have one of the most dof, dominant forward groups in the league and i think they're going to help you spend more time in the other team's defensive zone they're going to have even a more of effective power play when we've had one of the top power plays in the past few seasons and at the end of the day the team who wins is the team who scores more goals so i think yeah i agree i totally agree there's there's definitely going to be some some concern. I'm concerned. I was hoping we'd bring in even a guy like Lucas Pisa, you know, um, someone to someone. Yeah. Just to, you know, add a little more organizational depth on the back end. But I think they're honestly relying on some some of the guys in the Marlies to be able to step in. I think, you know, that's the team that Dubas made. And now he's the GM of the Leafs. And I think he has a lot of confidence in those young guys uh to to step up uh you know when look at Justin Hall when he when he came in he scored a goal in both of the games that he played and he he's got some imposing size he's 6 foot 3 he's he's not a young defenseman anymore he's he's around i think 26 years old so giving guys like that a chance to step up in the lineup and see if they can sustain success at the NHL level like they haven't given a lot of those guys a, a chance to step in Borgman was a guy who was getting big minutes before he, he, you know, experienced some injury problems at the start of the year. And yeah, he wasn't great, but he, he did his job. He, he accepted his role. And I think, you know, him, a guy like Kali Rosen, they have some options down in the Marlies. And I think they're going to actually give those guys a legit chance of cracking the roster. Um, and if, if one of those guys steps up and then maybe in a couple of years, you, you, you know, last year's first round pick Lilligren, I really like this Rasmus Sandin guy they signed. And I think he'll honestly, with the style of play that he plays, I think he's the kind of guy who could be a number one, number two pairing defenseman quarterback in your power play in a couple of years. I think he's, he, he seems really mature for his age. So I think there, there, there are, I know it's, it's frustrating not to have it now, but I, I still don't think we need to, you know, expect this team to be a, a cup winner right now. I think if we, we, we have all the pieces in place up front, 
let the defensemen develop down in the AHL and junior levels. And I think, you know, if it's not this year, I think it's going to be two, three years down the road that this team is is going to get a, bring a Stanley Cup because uh, there's just too many good positive things in place yep. right now. I, I and there's a lot of reason to be excited, and I, I know I know the concern. I, I totally get your point. And and playoff hockey is a completely different element than the regular season where we've had that awesome success. Um, I totally agree with you, and I think we're a team lacking physical physicality as well. Something that's kind of declined in the NHL over you know recent years, but is still an important factor. And that's why a team like Boston is always you know a hard team to play against, and no one wants to play them because they're a chippy, hard, physical team. Um, so I, th- I think, you know, especially getting rid of Martin, which I think was a good move. We need to clear up some cap space, but we, uh, we need to get a little more gritty yep. and we need, we need, uh, you know, a little more help on the back end. And I, I agree. I agree with you. But I, as you said, come trade deadline time, if we find that's an absolute need going in, if the guys who we, we have in, in place aren't, aren't playing that role that we need them to, then yeah, make a move, yep. make a move. It, it's, if you need to do it, do it. But if we can show uh, that, you know, we're a good, solid defensive team, well-rounded, then, you know, it's worth another shot going in the playoffs of the team we have. I, I wouldn't force a move. I wouldn't want to bring in a Ryan McDonough who I think his game is declining. I can't player. believe Tampa. I, I can't believe Tampa Bay gave a guy like that seven year contract. So he, he's, he's on the books for the next eight years. I think he's 28 years old. So he's, he's going to be there till he's 36 and his games. Are yeah, really declining. Check, so I, 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 yeah, I know he did. So I, that's something that I, I'd be hesitant about. And even Eric Carlson, like I love the I love the guy's game. He's he's obviously one of the most talented offensive players in the league, not just the one. Like that's yeah, that's not the guy you want. You know, he he's had a lot of injury concerns too, and there's been a lot of drama surrounding him. And that whole franchise has gone down to the shitters in one year. So I don't know. Like obviously, like every team wants a, a headman or a Subban or a Weber. But you can't force it, and the price to pay for a premium defenseman it might be a little too much. So I don't mind what they they've done. They got, as you said, you get the biggest name in free agency. That's a win. You know, you have the most. I don't even think there's a question about it. You're literally following the 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 Pittsburgh Penguins format of having the best three center, like three powerful lines you can roll out, and then I think our fourth line is going to be decent too. Like it looks like this Parlin home guy might uh, get a chance to be the fourth line yep. center. And, and, and then there's all kinds of great winger options. Like you could have Ennis on your fourth line. I wouldn't be opposed to that. You could have, uh, you know, maybe Connor Brown might be in, in that role if he doesn't make the third line. So you're, you're going to have a, a complete solid four lines. Um, and yeah, I, I agree. There are, there, we don't have any, like true number one defenseman on our team. They're, they're, like Morgan Riley was expected to fill that role. He's, he's, he doesn't have that presence that you get from a, a Victor Hadman. I agree. But I think the team that we have right now is worth having excitement about. I think they can get it done. And if, if, if you feel you need the need, uh, have the need to bring in a number one defenseman, one of those big names, then do it. But I, I think right now this team – has a lot to yeah, look I agree. To. I think uh, I think they have a lot to look forward to. I mean, for sure, you had, I'm, gonna be, I'm really pumped that John Tavares in a Maple Leaf uniform. That's amazing. Um, and like, I guess like he's going to put on a show next year. And I'm I can't wait. I'm actually looking forward to watching him play and watching the Leafs. Um, is is he your captain? Or I think that's a non-issue. I think I think that's a complete non-issue. I like why rush to name leader? Like, obviously, everyone thought when Matthews was drafted. Year two, three down the line, he's going to be your captain. Now Tavares, who's been a captain for what five, six years now in in, in the on the island, uh, I don't I don't think um, either or would really care. Uh, I think both of them are kind of quiet guys. They 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 lead by example. Um, so I don't think it matters which one has the bigger voice. Obviously, I think. With just the experience factor, Tavares is, is is more primed to be the captain of this mm-hmm. team. I think he'd be better able to deal with, um, you know, uh, the pressure being an older player. Um, and, you know, it's kind of special that he's actually from here too, um, even though he wasn't drafted by the Leafs like Austin. But I don't, I don't think that's an issue. I don't think either of them are, are putting that in their mind too much. At the end of the day, they're coming here to to play hockey and and, and compete for a championship. So I, I don't think there's any name, rush to name a captain. I think 
now, you know, things have changed and I think there is a higher likelihood of it being John, but um, at the end of the day, I, I don't really see, I don't think like everyone was debating that, but it should, it should even be an issue. Uh, uh, I think Tavares you is your captain, but anyways, I think he's your captain. But now I think he's your captain for the next six years. He's your guy. Toronto native. That's your captain. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Um, I don't think Matthews is a captain. Um, I think Tavares has proven that he's a good captain. Um, and he's got the demeanor. He has obviously a really good relationship with Babcock play on the Olympic teams. I think he's your captain, uh, bar none. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's about, that's about it. Any, uh, closing thoughts just on the whole Toronto sports scene? Uh, are you looking forward to seeing the Raptors at least more the next year? Well, as you said, hockey, hockey, Toronto's a hockey city. It's the hockey capital of the world. Um, and it's about time that, uh, the Leafs, are, are, are back to being a serious, serious Stanley Cup contender. So I think, I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, reasons to be excited for both teams, but uh, the Leafs uh, have always been number one in, in, on, on my team list. And uh, so I'm super excited for that. I think the Raptors also a lot of room for excitement, but uh, their, their, their move was a, a risky one. So um it could go either way. As you said, it has that boomer bust potential. I really hope it works out for the Raptors. Um, it, it, it's becoming more and more of a basketball city with each year. And uh, both, both times either of those teams are playing at, at, Oh, well now the Scotia bank center. Uh, it, it's, um, it sounds weird. Eh? Uh, it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's an, it's a wonderful, exciting environment. And uh, I think, uh, you know, hopefully both teams can have sustained success over the next, you know, decade or, or, or more yep. so yeah I, i'm pumped i think a, a good shot of of going far into the playoffs this year i think you know at least definitely uh you know it took them they, they they you know got to six games against the capitals two years ago they took boston to seven could have gone either way and i think this is the year they get past that first round um i'm not going to say they're going to make it past this uh, in the second round but i i definitely think we're going to have a playoff series victory this yep. year for the leafs um, unfortunately, you're in a division still with two juggernauts. Tampa Bay is going to be pretty much the same team, and uh, Boston's going to be the same be team. Boston's going to get they're going to be better, yeah. So, uh, unfortunately, you're, you're stuck with those two guys. But I think Toronto is right up there. I think those those three teams are the best three teams in the Eastern Conference. You can't disrespect the Washington Capitals; they just won the Cup, so I guess they're up there too. But I think those are the best teams in the Eastern Conference, and I think there's only uh, you know, Nashville, Winnipeg, uh, and maybe some of those California teams who can really, and Vegas, you can't count them out either, who can really compete. And so, uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of reasons to be optimistic for both teams, but especially the Leafs. Yep, I mean, anything can happen come playoff time. And I guess the consensus of the Toronto sports market is go big or go home. So you might as well go yeah. out, get the best players you can, you know, make a, make a run for it and see what happens. Um, Ryan, yeah. thank you again. Another amazing episode on the Playground Show. It was a pleasure having you and uh, all your uh, astute expertise chiming in on these amazing Toronto uh, summer free agent market and trade market. It's been definitely eventful. And uh, we, like I said, we we're all definitely looking forward to the winter, even though we shouldn't be because it is so beautiful outside. Um, so yeah. Anytime, buddy. I'm happy to do it. And I think you promised our listeners uh, drinks and dances at Fillmore's Gentleman's Club. Yes, this uh, yes. This show is actually sponsored by Fillmore's. So uh, drinks <laughs> and dances are on Ryan, uh, Mr. Recent. So uh, please uh, swing on by uh, Friday night. Maybe Mr. Ryan will give you a lap dance himself. Uh, thank you very much. This has been the Playground Show, the sports sport talk show where anything goes. You enjoy your day. <laughs>